I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message for today, May 3rd, 2021. And whether you're locked down or living in a free state, I welcome you equally to this show to hopefully learn a little something, perhaps smile once or twice, and maybe, just maybe, lessen your desire to kill random people. Uh, if you haven't, please subscribe by clicking that little bell up there. And then if you actually click within the bell, you can click another thing to actually see our videos. It's a whole, it's a whole to do, people. Do all that and then maybe our videos will show up in your YouTube news feed. And we've got three stories for you today. First off, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, who's a late night comedian, I suppose, on ABC, really a pretty awful guy who's of course, done blackface uh, at least once, and I think probably a couple times. Uh, well, he went off on uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, who gave the rebuttal to Joe Biden's speech last week that we covered, of course. And Kimmel just had some really, really awful things to say that are a true indicator of modern, what I would say is the modern pernicious racism of the left. It's not this overt racism like, oh, you can't use that water fountain, which by the way, there's pretty much nobody in America that thinks that something like that should be. Uh, it's this new sort of underhanded racism. So we're gonna play a clip, get to that. And then Caitlyn Jenner, who right now is running for governor of California. And by the way, Caitlyn's people, we've reached out to you through every proper channel. I've tweeted a couple times. I'll give you about a two week window here to respond to us before I think that this thing's just like some sort of PR stunt. Like I'll give you a fair interview and I, I hope we can do it. And by the way, as it stands right now, I support you, Caitlyn Jenner, because A, anyone's better than Gavin Newsom, but you've said some things that make some sense. So if you wanna have an honest conversation, completely unedited, I won't bring any notes, I'm not trying to get you, just wanna hear what you think, uh, please do respond to our people because we've reached out through all the proper channels. So we're gonna talk about Caitlyn Jenner who had some interesting things to say about girl, girls in trans sport, or trans girls in boys sports, blah, 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 it's all backwards anyway. Uh, and then finally, Ron DeSantis is here to save America and he's making it very clear that he's the last guy and he's holding the line and it's pretty spectacular. So we're gonna do all three of those, but before we get to it, I wanna talk to you guys about Hartford Gold. You know, I spend a lot of time talking about cancel culture, I think you do that, and how the left tries to silence people on issues that they don't wanna hear about. Well, here's something that we cannot cancel no matter how hard we close our eyes or plug our ears. The Biden administration is spending excessively while killing energy jobs and dragging out lockdowns, ain't it the truth? This can be catastrophic for the American dollar, which is why it's smart to invest in things that are real with intrinsic value, which is why I'm encouraging you to invest in gold. I recommend you speak to my friends at American Hartford Gold. They sell physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA plus. They make it easy and with an A plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients, I know you will come to trust them too. When you call today, they'll give you up to $1,500 worth of free silver with your first order. So now's a great time to check them out. Call 866-219-9311. That's 866-219-9311. Or text RUBIN to 65532. Don't wait, secure your financial future with gold. And now back to me. Okay, so I wanna do this story on Jimmy Kimmel because it happened a couple days ago after Tim Scott's rebuttal to the Joe Biden uh, speech. And it shows you a real 
issue here that we're not able to discuss in a mainstream sense. Now, I, I get it, we're not able to discuss a lot of things in a mainstream sense with getting a wide swath of people understanding. But if you wanna see what sort of, what I would say is the liberal elite, modern, woke, progressive, racist view of the world, well, here's Jimmy Kimmel. After the speech, an amazing thing happened after the speech. Every black Republican senator got together to let the American people know the Republican Party isn't racist. By doubling down on the divisions, we've worked so hard to heal. You know this stuff is wrong. Hear me clearly. America is not a racist country. And then Tim promptly returned to the sensory deprivation egg he calls home. Senator Scott <laughs> accused Democrats in his uh, rebuttal of using race as a weapon, when the truth is we're more concerned about people using weapons as a weapon. Race would be a terrible weapon. I mean, what would you do, melanin a person to death? I didn't laugh there once, did you? Was there anything funny there? The guy's got like 20 writers, makes probably 20 million bucks a year. Uh, before I comment specifically on what was wrong with everything Jimmy Kimmel said right there, let's look at a picture of Jimmy Kimmel in blackface. Yeah, there he is. That's Jimmy Kimmel making fun of Carl Malone. And in the video, the original video of that, one of the things he does is Carl Malone used to talk about himself in the third person all the time. So Carl Malone played really good defense tonight. Carl Malone did this, that, the other thing. So he's making fun of Carl Malone the way he speaks. And he's obviously in blackface. And that, by the way, is one of the reasons that Jimmy Kimmel has to constantly bow to wokeness because all of these people, Sasha Baron Cohen, who's made fun of you know gay people with Bruno and all of these people, or you know Hank Azaria on The Simpsons, who's done gay characters in Birdcage, all of these people who feel bad about what they've done, not what you've done, they then bow to wokeness because they think it gets them the get out of jail free card. But Jimmy Kimmel is a racist. He is a modern racist. You know, m racism has changed in a certain degree. We don't, as I said before, have people that want separate water fountains. There's just, there's just, it just doesn't exist. And he says the whole Republican Party is racist. What policy is the Republican Party pushing that's racist? What, po what policy is the Republican Party pushing that says, oh, because you're this skin color, you should have access to this, and because you're this skin color, you shouldn't, or we're gonna punish you based on your race. Now, the Democrats are, we talked about it last week, the Democrats, every single Democrat in the Senate signed a bill that allows for discrimination against Asian people. So the Democrats, if we're, if we're playing this game, the Democrats are systemically racist. The Republicans are not. Uh, by the way, he says the one black Republican in the Senate, you know how many there are uh, Democrats? You know how many black Democratic senators there are? Two, two, so there's two, so there's one more. Now you could say we should have more. We can have a full healthy debate. I frankly don't care what the racial makeup of the Senate is. I care if these people wanna stay the hell out of my life. That would be good for me. I would much rather have a white guy that wants to stay out of my life than a black guy who wants to tell me how to live or some version of all of that, like these, this obsession with race. And then the way he says, you know, he should go back to his sensory def deprivation chamber, the implication that he doesn't know what's going on. You know, he doesn't know, but Jimmy Kimmel, good Jimmy Kimmel knows. Now, just to be very, very clear, when I say Jimmy Kimmel is a racist, I'm not being hyperbolic or over the top. Jimmy Kimmel is a modern racist. What he believes is that black people who don't think the way he thinks, or at least the way he wants them to think, that they are somehow less than, or they're sellouts, or they're Uncle Toms, or a whole bunch of stuff that I won't say. 
You get that? What he is saying is you better think like me, black guy. And, and what I mean by that is you better believe in the Democratic Party. You better be a good, woke, progressive Democrat and live on your knees forever. That makes you a good black man. And the thing is, guys, when I say all this, I don't care if Democrats are black or white or Republicans are green or Asian or blue. I judge people on their ideas. But what he's saying is you, Tim Scott, don't get it because you don't think what I want you to think. He, he is, this is the modern pernicious racism of the left. And by the way, this is what's being imported into schools and into our institutions and everything else. You, I'm sure some of you saw my interview last week with Paul Rossi from uh, Grace Church School in New York City. They are actually teaching this stuff in schools. This is not made up. By the way, I said that Jimmy Kimmel probably makes $20 million a year. He only makes a cool $15 million a year. So that means that ABC, right, a giant corporate company, pays that racist man to peddle his divisive drivel $15 million a year. That's more than I make. It's more than you guys make. It's more than these guys make. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot of dough. Okay, America is divided right now. We get it, we all understand it. And the division is being driven by these people. But don't take my word for it because here's a fascinating tweet that I saw over the weekend from ABC. And if you wanna see how it all fits into sort of fake news and confusion and why we can't agree on anything, listen to how this tweet is worded and then we'll dive into the actual article itself. This is from ABC. 23% of Americans think the country has become more united under President, since President Biden took office, according to a new ABC News poll. Among this group, an overwhelming 87% give Biden credit. So if you look at that, just sort of on face value, it kind of sounds good. Oh, 23% think that the country's become more united, that's pretty solid. And then of course the 87% within that, well, that's just irrelevant, but it kind of sounds good. But if you think about it, well, 23% think America's got, America's got more united. Well, then what about the other 77%? Can we look into that? So actually, we dove into the article because that's what we do around here. And here's a quote from the article on ABC. Only about a quarter of Americans, 23%, think the country has become more united since Biden took office. Six in 10, here's the key part, people, Six in 10 think Biden is more responsible for the divisions compared to 34% who say both Biden and Republicans are culpable for sowing division. Only 6% faulted Republicans. So only 6% of the people that were polled said that this is the Republicans' fault. Six in 10, 60%, I'm not a mathematician, but I can do that much. Six in 10 are saying that it's Biden's fault. But if you look at the tweet, you'd go, oh, 23%, you know, think Biden's, you know, helping out here and, and making us less racist and more together and that whole thing. Anyway, I thought it was worth mentioning because this is the, we constantly see this with the media. Anything that they can spin, they take numbers that are obviously not good for Biden and they tweet it out and frame it in such a way that it makes it seem like it's something positive. And then for the few people that actually click into the article, because we know people don't, it's only there if you'd put the whole thing together that you'd go, oh, actually 60% of people think it's the reverse of what the headline kind of reads right there. So anyway, Jimmy Kimmel, you're a racist. Uh, let's talk about uh, Gabby Insurance. You know, when it comes to car and home insurance, don't we deserve better? I know I do. I put my policy to test and turn to Gabby. They literally stand for get a better insurance. Getting better insurance with Gabby means a better price for the same insurance coverage. Who knew something like this existed? 
They are the one true comparison platform with real rates. They give you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers, and all in one place. Use your, con your current insurance information to get started, and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have, and it's free to use. It's fast and easy, and Gabby can show you if you've been overpaying. When I did it, I discovered great insurance quotes and was quickly able to compare the top five rates by seeing them listed in order, which made navigating through the plan super easy. They have great customer service and support as well. Gabby customers save $961 per year on average, and they'll never sell your info, so no annoying spam or robocalls. Put your policy to the test like I did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check, and there's no obligation. Go to gabby.com slash Ruben. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash Ruben. GABI.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right. Caitlyn Jenner, who just about a week ago announced that she is running for governor of California because Gavin Newsom, the evil cartoon character known as Gavin Newsom, uh, the evil psychopath known as Gavin Newsom, the man who I hope ends up in jail because he's destroyed so many people's lives, Gavin Newsom, he is being recalled whether he likes it or not. And even in our deeply, deeply corrupt one party state here in California, they couldn't invalidate enough votes. They needed 1.5 million basically. They got over 2 million. They invalidated something like 400,000 of them. But even with all of the machinery that they have to just destroy every sense of democracy, uh, they couldn't do it. And the recall is happening. So at the moment, a couple people have jumped in to say that they are going to run against Gavin Newsom because, again, the, the recall does not mean that Gavin Newsom is gone. It means that he, has, he now has to run again. So there's just a new election being called. Caitlyn Jenner is one of the people. And by the way, for, I don't ever see comments like this, but if just to make it very clear, I have no problem personally calling Caitlyn Jenner a she. She has decided to transition, right? Bruce Jenner, who was born biologically a male and still biologically is a male. Everyone under, Everyone sensible understands that. I can't say everyone understands that. But he has chosen to live life as a trans woman. And as long as he, as long as she, see it happens every now and again, but as long as she was to treat me with respect and, and be a you know, functional, decent member of society, then I would certainly treat them with respect. So that is how I have no problem using gender pronouns in that way. I know some people struggle with that. That's my personal take on it. Like I have no problem personally calling Caitlin a she. That's very different than wanting young biological girls that are six years old to suddenly have all of these crazy surgeries and everything else. That I'm completely not for, and I'm certainly not for it when it's mandated and pushed by the state. For more on that, you should check my uh, interview with Abigail Schreier from a couple months ago, and we'll get to more on her in just a second. But in any event, Caitlyn Jenner went out this weekend. She was just getting coffee with her dog, and uh, TMZ got up in her face. Hi, Caitlin. So there's legislation in various states to ban biological boys who are trans from playing girls sports in school. What's your opinion on that? Uh, in back. In. This is a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girls sports in school. It just isn't fair. And we have to protect girls sports in our but, but schools. It just isn't fair and we have to protect girls sports in our schools. Everything that Caitlyn Jenner said right there is truthful. Now you can have whatever feelings you have about Caitlyn Jenner, 
about trans people, about celebrities in politics, all of those things, all legit. You can, you can have whatever personal beliefs you wanna have on all of those things. We live in such a whacked out state that maybe we can only get celebrities and maybe we can only get bizarre reality stars and former athletes and people who've transitioned. Like maybe all of these things is the best California can choke out. But I promise you that right there, Caitlin, is better than Gavin Newsom. Everything she said there was true. She's protecting girls. No one's against trans people. You know, they've really, what they've done here is so perverse because they're trying, every time this is framed in the mainstream media, they're trying to make it seem that any state that passes a law on this is somehow against trans girls. All they're saying is they're not banning trans girls from sports. They're saying you have to compete in the category of the same biological sex that you are, that's all. And if you want there to be a trans category, I actually don't think anyone would have a problem with that. So there's such a bizarre thing here. And again, we know there's biological differences and that's why the best WNBA player, whoever that might be, I have no freaking clue, is could never play in the, in the NBA. The best WNBA player would be worse than the worst NBA player. This is just a fact. This is just a fact. That's why we have an NBA and a WNBA. That's not a judgment on women or women's biology or women playing basketball or anything else. I mentioned to you guys a couple times over the years, I went to the same high school as Sue Bird. She's thought of as the best WNBA player. I'm not even sure if she, I think she's still playing Sue Bird. Can we confirm that? Uh, But she's older now, so. uh, But in any event, she won uh, WNBA MVP many times. I'm a little older than her, but I used to play with her every now and again. Uh, at the community park. And this girl could break ankles and do all sorts of awesome crossovers and she had a great shot and she was quick and all of those things. But Sue Bird, the WNBA player, would not get a minute in the NBA. That's different, so it's perfectly fine that men and women have different leagues. That's perfectly fine. And if you're born with a certain set of characteristics, physical attributes, then you should play in that league. So it's very odd. I mean, this is this is the odd thing that a whole bunch of us have, uh, have warned about for a long time, is that in the name of doing something that was good, which is, which is that we want respect for trans people and we want people to be able to live a fully self-actualized life and all of those things, we've now, we, it's really they, the, the feminists, let's say, and the wokesters and the progressives, they've all come out to be the most anti-woman movement possible. Absolutely anti-woman movement. I actually saw another video that was pretty disturbing this morning. Some woman tweeted out her, her TikTok video, talking to her daughter, who was a bit of a tomboy, probably like three or four years old. He was a, she was a tomboy, like, that's it, that's fine. Some girls like sports, some boys like Barbie. Who cares? Maybe maybe the girl would turn out to be a lesbian, maybe a boy that plays with Barbies would turn out to be gay. It does, who, nobody cares about any of this stuff. But the mother is basically encouraging her to be a girl. And this is the very twisted thing that we've done. Uh, by the way, just to uh, confirm, Sue Bird is the longest tenured player in the WNBA, but the point is at her peak, so let's say Sue Bird at 28 years old, at her absolute physical peak, could have never played in the NBA, and that's why we have separate leagues, and that's just fine. I mentioned Abigail Schreier before, who of course wrote a wonderful book uh, about the, the sort of collective madness around young girls, specifically transitioning to be boys. And Abigail, I just wanna say, is an absolutely fantastic person. We, we just had dinner with her husband. They're, they're great people. The idea that these people are bigots in any way or have any sort of other agenda than just letting people live as who they are but not letting the state mandate 
who can you know, change their body as a child and all of these things, it's just nuts. But she had an interesting tweet on this. She said, here are a few important things I know about Caitlyn Jenner. She, one, led America to Olympic gold. Two, is devoted to her family. Three, stands up to the woke. Four, defends women's sports. Five, isn't Gavin Newsom. So far, she has my vote. There you go. I, I stand with Abigail on that. I stand with Caitlyn on that. Now, the question is for California, moving off the trans topic for just a sec, is like, should we have more people involved? That's not a shot at Caitlyn. And again, I really would like to interview Caitlyn. Let's see how real this thing is. And is she really ready to fight? And is this not just for a reality show or something else? But like, we all know so much is wrong with this state and there's all sorts of numbers now on, on the amount of people fleeing the state and, and moving to Austin. So they're gonna ruin Austin, Texas, sorry, Austin. Um, and of course, a lot of them are going to Florida and I would recommend Florida as I tweeted out this morning, build a wall and start training an army. Um, nobody's moving here, but it's like, we all know that California is in a crisis. It's like, can we get some other candidates? Like, let's get some other candidates. And for those of you that are going, Dave, why don't you run? You know, the phone call, the 3 a.m. Uh, hello, uh, uh, Governor Rubin, uh, there's been an earthquake in Santa Barbara. It's like, what do you want me to do? What, can you call me back? Like, I just can't deal with that. I got my own problems, you know what I'm saying? And that's a part of the problem with politics, by the way, that all good, decent, sort of functioning people who, who are producing things in life, why would you want anything to do with politics? Instead, in politics, you get a whole bunch of people who just wanna control you and tell you how to live. This is a major schism in the, in the mind of humans that we have to negotiate with. It's like, that, that actually is the best argument for why these people should have no power over us, because the only people who would wanna get in generally speaking, want power over us, but that's a perfect transition to a guy who doesn't seem to want to have a ton of power over the people that voted him in. And of course, I'm talking about Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who I have no problem saying is absolutely the best governor in the country right now. And I would vote for him for president in a second. And he's doing all of the right things. Like if you just check off, what are the right things? A man is just doing it, doing it, doing it. So first off, he signed just in the last couple days a bill banning social media deplatforming, which is obviously something we've talked quite a bit about. This is from the New York Post. Social media companies would be unable to permanently kick people off their platforms under a tough new Florida law. The bill passed by the GOP dominated state legislature Thursday and awaiting Governor Ron DeSantis's signature would make it a crime to remove state political candidates from Twitter and Facebook and would met out penalties of 250 grand a day for any statewide candidate who is deplatformed. The bill also requires tech companies to give users seven days notice that they are at risk of being banned and offer them the opportunity to correct the issue. Suspensions of up to 14 days would still be allowed. So this is super interesting. Now, now specifically what the bill is going for there, in case you missed it in the weeds, is that candidates who would be deplatformed. That would affect candidates, not necessarily private citizens. I suspect there'll be some uh, debate about that. The other question is how much power does a state government have over these tech companies? And you know, if they have offices in, in Florida, if not, like what are the actual levers that can get these uh, states to do anything? And this is one of the interesting ones because I know obviously we have a lot of libertarian minded people watching this show. And of course I consider myself in that bucket. It's like one of those ones where it's like, you don't really want the government to come in and tell these companies what to do or how they have, what process they have to have for suspending people or all of those things. But this is where to me, to me, 
and I discussed this a couple weeks ago with Nick Gillespie, and I'm happy to discuss it with, with anyone else, actually on either side of the issue, I really am. At some point, the libertarian stuff hits the real world, right? You get the rubber meets the road moment. And if you, in some cases, I would say, uncomfortably have to use the levers of government. And that's why I would say I'm, I'm not an anarchist in a traditional sense, sort of like Michael Malice, who I'm gonna have on again in a couple of weeks, who I absolutely love talking to, and it's a fun conversation and everything else. But here is the government doing a little something. This is not the government taking over the tech companies. It's not the government really regulating them in any sort of concrete sense. It's saying, hey, can you have some basic minimum stuff here, which is you're not gonna kick political candidates off. And you know, if you're gonna have a, problem with someone, you're gonna have some sort of you know, window, a 14-day window for them to correct the issue, et cetera, et cetera. It seems to me like the bare minimum that a government could do. So DeSantis is trying, whether, again, he has the full apparatus because he's just a governor to do all of this stuff will, will be seen, but like he's trying, he's absolutely trying. And speaking of trying, just this morning, this video went up just about an hour ago, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis has announced that he's gonna suspend all local COVID-19 emergency orders in Florida. Let's take a look. But now today, I'm gonna let the legislatures come up. But what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna sign the bill. It's effective July 1st. I'll also sign an executive order pursuant to that bill, uh, invalidating all remaining local emergency COVID orders effective on July 1st. Uh, but then to bridge the gap between then and now, I'm gonna suspend uh, under my executive power the local uh, emergency orders um, as it relates to COVID. Um, I think that's the evidence-based thing to do. I think the fact that I think, I think folks that are saying that they need to be policing people at this point, if you're saying that, you really are saying you don't believe in the vaccines. You don't believe in the data. You don't believe in the science. Uh, we've embraced the vaccines. We've embraced the science on it. Uh, the data, uh, I've said, has been good from the beginning in terms of clinical trials. It's even better in real life. And so uh, it's available. We want everyone to get it. And if you get it, just know that um, the reason you get it is because we want to be able to have people uh, enjoy themselves and, and live, live freely in the state of Florida. We want to have people live freely and enjoy themselves in the state of Florida. You get it? That's not a guy who became the chief executive of a state to run everyone's life. That's a guy who's doing the right blend of science and social policy and liberty and saying, hey, we're gonna trust the science where we can trust it, but we're also not gonna destroy everyone's lives and we're gonna let you make some decisions. And that is in such deeply stark contrast with clowns like Gavin Newsom, who still has California under lockdown until June 15th, which is a completely arbitrary date, except that it's a little bit closer to the recall and he might need a little good news when the recall starts really percolating. So, oh, and now we'll let you be free. Now, by the way, everyone's ignoring it. There, there's traffic again out in California, finally over the last couple days, outdoors you're seeing people uh, you know, take off their masks. I haven't been wearing a mask outdoors in forever. Um, but you're seeing life just 
move. And you know, there's something interesting. There's two interesting things happening here. One directly related to federalism, which you guys know I talk about this all the time, that in many ways what's happening to the United States is exactly what the founders intended, which is that states will live very differently. You will have different laws in different states and you will have the foot vote, your ability to live where you want. Now I know the, I get it, I get it with the irony thing, Dave, you live in California, I'm fighting to get rid of this governor and then we'll, we'll go from there, right? Uh, and I don't wanna live in a country really where it's like certain people just can't live in certain states. Like if someone like me really, truly cannot live in California, then what does that really say about the union? Like it kind of says that it's over. Like are we ending up in another civil war type situation or just some mass separation or something like that? So. You know, the idea though that Florida is doing it their way and they're seeing the good results and Texas is doing it their way and they're seeing the good results and California's doing what they're doing and New York's doing what they're doing. It's like, that actually is good. So I'm happy to see that. And then at the same time, it's like, well, you know, if we're gonna end up in this, New York is this way, California is this way, you know, Florida, Texas are that way. Well, what do we do? What do we do, you know? I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't even really like talking about it actually because it, it sort of feeds the idea that we're in some really intractable, broken situation here. And maybe we are, and maybe that's exactly why the founders laid it out the way that they did. So maybe that is sort of the silver lining to all of this. Um, anyway, I, you know, I woke up this morning and I, I just had a pretty good feeling about the week. There's been a couple other stories where in different states, uh, going through state legislatures right now, they're fighting back against critical race theory, getting it out of the curriculum. And by the way, that's not a free speech issue. I see a lot of people saying, oh, you see, now the conservatives are coming for free speech. No, no one's saying you can't have your ridiculous ideas and you can't say them, but we should not be teaching your horrific racist ideas in, in state schools. And maybe we shouldn't have state schools either. That would be a little bit of that uh, anarcho-capitalist stuff that Michael Malice and I will talk about in a couple weeks. Uh, for more guys, part two of my interview with uh, former South Carolina governor and former US ambassador to the UN, Nikki Haley, is up. Part one dropped last week. We actually did it live in studio right here and we are gonna be sort of smattering in a few more live in-person things uh, as things have sort of shaken out and I did kind of realize in the midst of it that I really kind of missed seeing people and not just talking to that. Uh, so part two is up on YouTube right now. Part one, of course, is up at rubenreport.locals.com and today is Meme Monday over there so we're sharing some funny memes and and I respond to people there also. You know, I can't really respond to people on Twitter or in YouTube comments or anywhere else. It's just too much time and too many crazy people and bots and Russian trolls and Ukrainian agents and God knows what else. Uh, but if you wanna talk to me directly, you can at rubenreport.locals.com. All right, that's Monday for you. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you wanna connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.